Hey everyone, I'm Hal Lublin, and thanks for listening to Tights and Fights. This week we're on a holiday break, but to make sure you can still enjoy the show, we're providing you with this mini-episode. Now, back when we were first working on the show, The Nation of Conversation recorded a bunch of pilot episodes before we even went live. This episode is a small sample of some of those segments where we talk about our favorite personal memories with pro wrestling. We'll talk about our favorite merch, our first live wrestling show, and even what we thought of when we first saw the final deletion, which I know is very important to some of you. We hope you enjoy it. And remember, we'll be back next week with the full show to talk all about, you guessed it, wrestling. Tyson Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to Tights and Fights, a weekly show covering the best of wrestling news and culture. I'm Hal Lovelin. As always, I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, comedian <laughs> and writer Danielle Radford. Hi. <laughs> and hip-hop artist Mike Eagle. Mike Eagle isn't here. You're talking to the Black Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> Be that as it may. <laughs> I thought that would I thought that would make a difference. <laughs> no black scorpion will stop us from Damn. moving forward with the first segment of tights and fights. We like to start every single show uh, by discussing some of our personal experience as wrestling fans. This is the lockup. Okay, so this week <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, our our personal experience is the first time we saw a wrestling show live. Do you remember, uh, you know, wh- what do you remember? Where was it? Uh, what promotion? And what do you remember about the card and just sort of the general experience of being there live? Danielle? Um, I'm sure it was like some like house show, but I can't remember. And I know, but I do know that one of my first, even though I started watching back in the Attitude Era, I was a kid and I didn't have money. Um, and my mom was not super cool on subsidizing um me to go watch wrestling uh she did think parts of it were demonic so uh, and she was right and so she uh so i didn't get to watch it a bunch as a kid like live um but as i got older i think like the my first real clear memory of being at a wrestling show was when i went to wrestlemania 19 uh out in seattle um uh, someone put those pictures up somewhere I, I will not provide them i do not want y'all to see them I was very, <laughs> I was a very awkward young twenty-something, and it, it's not cute. Um, I might, gosh, I might have even been like, I don't know, I might, I might have, it might have been before I was twenty. Um, but yeah, I was a baby in like a white shirt um, in a relationship I clearly didn't care about because I was not dressed up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what what sticks out to you about the card? Is there one like? I mean that WrestleMania 19 has got Jericho Michaels mm-hmm. and it's got Booker T Triple H main event. Mm-hmm. Was there like one one match that really stood out to you or one person you were the most excited to see? Oh god, I think back then I still probably w- was um I still probably was very excited to see X-Pac. 
I don't remember <laughs> if he was on the card at the time, but I'm sure I was really excited to see him. Um, I know I wanted to see, I think it was The Rock and Stone Cold because it was Stone Cold's last match. So I feel like I was pretty excited for that. Um, I wanted to see uh, Triple H versus Booker T. And then after that, I never wanted to see it again. <laughs> don't like thinking about it now yeah um but yeah so those were those were the things that i but honestly like i most remember and i don't i i put it my i put up some dumb sign that was probably like me making fun of someone and i bet if i said it now i'd be really embarrassed because i was back in the days when you you would back in the, before you really like knew or cared that there you like you don't say don't say the r word that's you can say whatever you want, but that's like a dick move. So I'm sure whatever my sign was, it was some like young, I'm a dick sign. It was probably, you know, like it was so, probably something real mean. So I don't even want to remember. But like that, my biggest memory was I was there with my ex at the time um, that I did not want to be with. And with him, <laughs> and we had like nosebleed seats. And um, I was really excited about the wrestling. And then he kept trying to talk to me. And like that made me mad. <laughs> Oh gosh, jeez! Uh, what about you, Mike? Now I was—I uh, used to travel around with my dad. My dad used to work for this company where he sold these uh, these products door to door. And summers, I'd like go on the road with him. And uh, so we went to a ton of wrestling matches all around the country. And I can't remember which one was my first one, but um, one that I remember very clearly. And, and I just looked it up um, to see what year it was. It was 1989, and. Um, it's changed me forever because we went and saw a WWF card in Denver, I think at the McNichols Arena. Um, and the matches I remember were um, Andre and Warrior when he was doing like the seven second squash match where like he was basically body slamming Andre and then pinning him and that was it. Wow. And then, um, and then, and then Hogan and Savage on top. Um, and uh, we were super excited. And I was saying my, my, my dad was very excited because my dad is very much still a mark to this day. I have to constantly remind him that the business is a work because he really <laughs> wants to believe that the good guys should beat the bad guys. And it should be based on their ability. He doesn't – the backstage politics, no matter how much I tell him about them, they don't register. But um, we saw this match in Denver, and we were on our way back to where he lives in uh, Carson, California. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, they had the matches again in the L.A. Sports Arena. And we went and saw him. And it was the exact same card. And the matches all went the exact same way. The exact same uh, Andre and Warrior squash, exact same Hogan and Savage match on top. And it was mind-blowing. It was completely mind-blowing to me as an eight-year-old. Like, what is going on here? Why is this all the same? And that was the beginning. I think I, w I, think I was a smart from that moment on. I think really? That, that was the beginning of my smartdom. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Because yeah. it, it, like, I feel like at that age, I would have been like, Boy, I was lucky that, <laughs> that those matches turned out the same way because I was so nervous the first time. Oh, and then no. like, oh, why are they tempting fate and, and rematching? Oh, but, I mean, uh, it, I think the Andre Warrior one was the one that really kind of gave it away because you're like, there's no way that would happen twice. You know what I mean? Like the exact, <laughs> the exact same match move for move. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of work rate happening in that ring. <laughs> Yo, it is not. Yeah, Andre had like no back, and Ultimate Warrior, of course, was blown up by the time he got to the ring from running from the back. Oh, that's I love I love that idea of like 
I'd heard that in an interview recently, and if if you're not familiar with the with the Ultimate Warrior, he would run from the curtain all the way down to the ring, no matter how far it was. Sometimes it was short, sometimes it was really long, and then he would like bounce off the ropes a bunch of times and shake, shake the, the ropes, ropes, and yeah. he would do like a full cardio workout before a match, and he would be completely out of it. Like already, half the pain is gone, and the bell hasn't been rung yet. <laughs> Do you ever did you ever hear the story about him um, and and when they when he wrestled Hogan was that WrestleMania seven or six when he wrestled Hogan that was uh, that was six and I think they had it in a football stadium right um, yes and before the match uh, Vince and I believe Pat Patterson had told him explicitly like not to run to the ring because it was too far from where he had to come out and uh, and everybody else they had like riding those carts out there yeah and he yeah, told yeah. he told Vince he told Vince no I'm gonna run. And if you go back and watch that match now, Ultimate Warrior has zero breath by the time the match starts. Zero. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I'm watching that as no soon as I get home. Yeah. It, it is hysterical. It's like watching the U.S. Olympic trials of the marathon. <laughs> Just, we're back to Warrior. He's halfway to the ring now. Right. <laughs> we'll check in in a half an hour. Meanwhile, let's go to Mean Gene trying to pull a segment together with Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, for me, my first live show was also WWF. Also Hogan at the top of the card, but it was 1986. I was nine years old, and they were they were either working on the WrestleMania two card or WrestleMania two had just happened. Um, and I, I want to say it was before it was before WrestleMania two and before Steamboat came back because Bundy Hulk Hogan was the main event, and then Randy Savage wrestled. I think it was Paul Orndorff for uh, defending his Intercontinental Championship, and then uh, Orndorff was accompanied by George the Animal Steel. Or, if I'm, I may be misremembering it, and Steel and Savage wrestle one another. Because I remember George the Animal Steel or Paul Orndorff bringing flowers to the ring for Miss Elizabeth, which, mm-hmm. of course, was how you got Savage all worked up. And it was a really fun match. And then the Hogan at the top, I mean, you know, what, what in the mid-'80s, what eight- or nine-year-old kid wasn't a huge Hulk Hogan mark? So to see him wrestle and see him win was like, I, I mean... I was so excited. Could not have been more excited. It was at the Philadelphia Spectrum, hmm. which Aww. is a, which is a, which is a very um, like it was a it was a bowl, but but sort of stacked. So you were, you felt like you were close to everything. And I don't think I saw another live event until I went to a Raw in two thousand and one. Whoa! Yeah. So it took it was a really long time between live events. <laughs> so I had a really strong like connection to that original. Hulk Hogan era just because that was that was what I had gotten to see live um, and it's like I wish I had a stronger memory of the exact card too because I'm sure the Me British too. Bulldogs yeah. were on there mm-hmm. Heart Foundation and you in, in 89 I'm sure you had like a, what like Rick Martel uh, well you know what I, what I do remember was that the Rougeau brothers were on the card ah. and I very <laughs> I very loudly at one point said you guys should go back to France because I thought they were from France and I didn't know that they were from Canada <laughs> There's so much to unpack just in that one little adorable Mike Eagle statement. Yeah, so I'm so xenophobic and precious, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's such adorable xenophobic. Those are the those are child wrestling fans. Though. Those are child wrestling. Yeah. Taught to hate foreigners. <laughs> Iron Sheik. You hate uh, Nikolai Volkov. Oh, and taught it so well. Yeah. Right. Just and then I, you know, and, and I'm cheering Hulk Hogan, who was the real racist the entire time. <sighs> what? A, the, wow. All of wrestling for the last, what, 30 years has just been one long episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> just yeah. a big sham. Yeah, we're the monsters. We've all been, we've all been pumped. 
back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and with me in the studio are... Danielle Radford. And... The Ble- I'm sorry, Mike Eagle. Mike Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the, finally your identity revealed. <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. I wish, it, I wish it was a bloodied Ric Flair underneath this mask, but un- un- unfortunately it's below me. <laughs> I'm excited about it and glad oh. that it's my friend. <laughs> but now, guys, it's time to leave the Black Scorpion behind as we take a look at some of the top wrestling news this week. Starting, Brother Nero, with Hardy versus Hardy, the final deletion. And if you haven't seen The Room, and you have seen this match, guess what? You've seen The Room. In 17 minutes on a farm in North Carolina, uh, two farms, the two adjoining uh, Hardy Farms, it's a 17-minute um, dumpster fire? That, that has a match in it somewhere. It's got puns. It's got riding lawnmowers. It's got tasers. Uh, I got. I took notes. Oh, um, goodness. Please dive in. It's got uh, aerial assault robots. Uh-huh. That, yeah, that show, like, it, that project Matt Hardy's face and voice. Which yes. is like, Matt, we couldn't <laughs> understand your regular voice. Now you're doing some whack-ass <laughs> accent and we can't do and that. And we can't hear you. And then you decide to distort it. I, like, I don't know what is happening. Let's hear a clip of that right now. Oh, boy. Stomach yourselves. Brother Nero. I see you've met my fleet of aerial assault robots. You are now speaking to Vanguard One. Tonight, I command you to meet me at the property line. Tonight is our final battle. And we determine who owns the rights to the Hardy name. Who controls the Hardy brand? Who is the sole proprietor of the Hardy empire? Everything ends tonight. The last dance in Cameron. The final deletion! Look, if you're somebody who does not like wrestling and you can use that clip as evidence for life that wrestling is dumb. Congratulations. The Hardy have hand, the Hardys have handed it to you on a silver platter. But let's unpack what happened there outside but, but wait, of like wait, wait, ghost one, Jeff. One second. Go ahead. Like please. So now I'm seeing it, okay. When he did that <laughs> Vanguard one thing. Yes. yes. Uh, so he was saying that like that was like an android or something named Vanguard. Like that wasn't him, is what he was saying. Like yeah, he was he was talking through one of his robots. Like oh the my robot, God. the drone he's talking to is named Vanguard One, and he's like, "That's how you're communicating with me." I got so many robots, I'm naming a number of them. Wow. And hey, if you need your own Vanguard One, all you need is twenty nine ninety nine and access to Amazon.com. Wow. It's perfect. And you need a really I mean, bad is- projector that projects you an eight bit. <laughs> yeah, really bad. Oh, but I mean, it's just like I, I. He did look like the cover of Counter Strike Code Red. <laughs> he did. He looked like that the is cover. a for real point. <laughs> but then there's the like he Jeff gets on a dirt bike and he's chasing the drone. I'm sorry, Vanguard One. What? What? Uh, why? 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 What? Why? I don't. Wh- I you know why a sunset? Why? <laughs> no. Why? No. 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 Why? No. Why does? Why you know? Why are there stars out at night? Like what? Like you know? It's it's. You're. Why are you taking all of the wonder out of this beautiful gift that we were given? First of all, it was pre-taped, and thank you. Because that's the only way that I want to see any of these old Attitude Era dudes now is like pre-taped, 
so we can cut around all the times they got to take their old ass breath and then mm-hmm. just like covered with explosives. But you you realize both of you that, that it being pre-tape means that whatever you're seeing is the best possible take <laughs> of that shot. Jesus, don't make me think about it that way, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why a sunset? I'll tell you why. They only get one shot at a sunset every day. These wow. these people had time. Mm, I feel like the sunset's been perfected over millennia. <laughs> and I watched that thing. You ain't telling me that there was more than two takes happening. That was a one and a half take that was like, well, we're just going to keep doing it, and then we're going to put together the stuff that makes it look okay. I just like, you know, if, if if TNA wants to lean into being the sci-fi version of Lucha Underground, I am here for you. I am here for it. I Because, like, they're already bad, and nobody watches it. So why be bad when you can be ridiculously bad? Just lean into it. Just be bad. I kind of, I kind of loved it. I don't know, and but this is I the thing. It. This is the thing. Like it was terrible, but you know why I liked it? I liked it because of one line when when Matt is running away from the fireworks and he goes, "It's a dilapidated boat." <laughs> <laughs> that to me made the whole thing like that like that is real comedy to me and he hides behind the <laughs> boat and jeff and jeff stands on the wrong side of the boat shooting fireworks <laughs> at the boat and then he throws the empty firework <laughs> come on man that's well and that's great that they're also smart enough to be like okay these guys might not know it's a boat so i better tell them it's a boat so that when i get inside the boat they know it's a boat that's just good planning. It is. I look. I love it too. I'm gonna say <laughs> I, I love it too, even though I hate it. I love it. But he, here, here's the thing, and I, I this is. I, I promise I will let it go after this. <laughs> but if if your goal in TNA is that this is drawing a ton of a ton of eyeballs, right? Mm-hmm. People are talking about it. Good, good or bad, we are taking at the expense of probably some of these other top stories. We are talking about it in excess. But where do you go next? How do you attract more talent, knowing that they're going to come and do it? Well, what am I going to do? A final deletion? You know, you have guys like Will Ospreay, who who's saying that he sees the video and he says, "Well, I know I'm never going to go wrestle for TNA." So you're actually uh, repelling potential talent. That he, you wasn't could bring in to he wasn't going to come anyway. He wasn't going to go anyway. He wasn't going to nobody's TNA, and I don't know why we're pretending like he was. Like, Anything is possible. Like he was come really on. looking forward to seriously wrestling Matt Hardy. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta check EC3 off that bucket list. <laughs> Following the news is hard and it sucks. How do you know which stories are important? Which sources do you trust in this post-truth world of reactionary journalism? I'm Brent Black. And I'm Travis McElroy. And we host a podcast called Trends Like These. We cover trending news stories. We debunk misleading clickbait headlines. And we always try to throw in a little bit of good news. In our quest for truth. So join us every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Jumpstart your creativity at MaxFunCon 2017. Surround yourself with beautiful nature, brilliant artists, hilarious comedians, and of course, some of your favorite MaxFun podcasts. Whether you join us in Lake Arrowhead in June for MaxFunCon or in the Poconos in September for MaxFunCon East, you'll leave inspired and with a bunch of new friends. MaxFunCon.com has all of the details. Buy your tickets before they're gone. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Tights and Fights, a weekly show covering the best of wrestling news and culture. I'm Hal Lublin. As always, I'm joined by my fellow members of the Talk and Sock Connection, comedian and writer Danielle Radford. Hello. Hi. And hip-hop artist Mike Eagle. Good day, sir. Good day to you. Every week we start the show by talking about some of our personal experiences in the world of sports and entertainment. This is The Lockup. Uh, and today we're going to talk about merch. So do you have either a favorite piece of merch that you've ever seen or one that you owned that was really precious to you or one that you saw that was absolutely crazy? Let's let's dive into uh, into the concession stands. Danielle? Well, other than that really awesome New Day Run DMC shirt, mm-hmm. which sold out like immediately and I've been trying to get but I haven't been able to get my hands on. Um, I don't know. It's hot. I'm chubby. I'm going with ice cream bars because they were delicious. <laughs> and it was merch that uh, was both visually appealing and also tummily appealing. Yes. Tummily. Yeah, just inside the tummy. <laughs> That's, they went here. It's very delicious. <laughs> They're so delicious. And they looked like Damien Sandow's Money in the Bank briefcase with ice cream in the middle. True story. <laughs> they missed out on an opportunity to bring that back with like a little handle so you could <laughs> hold it up and eat it like a Roman emperor. Oh, dope. And then throw it up immediately after. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Trigger, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what about you? Uh, I bought my first actual piece of merch uh, this calendar year. Really? Raw. Like, in terms of a concession stand, I bought a brand new Nifty Ambrose Asylum t-shirt for way Ooh. too much money. Oh, way too much. How much money? It was like 30 bucks. Yeah. Ooh, I wait till everything's on sale. That's why I don't get the shirts I want. Yeah, no, I was just at Raw. I was like, oh, I need a Dana Ambrose shirt. And, and I bought one, and I felt good about it, but it cost too much money. Other than that, the only thing I ever really bought that wasn't actually wrestling itself was just the video games, and I don't think that really counts. But that's what I liked the best. You can also get those bootleg uh, luchador masks if you're in L.A. and you're down at Oliveira Street. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. They, and they are cheap. I imagine they have some around the corner here. Over 6 in Alvarado, I bet there's there's quite a Probably, few. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. I live here. I should know that. Mm-hmm. I, I live in this neighborhood. I should for sure know that. I you see. should have like an extensive collection by now. I say we do I the show do. next week in masks. See if it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Why are you playing with me like I don't have a luchador mask? I'm, I'm not saying. I have one, too. I'm not playing. I would do it. Let's do it. Let's do it next week. Done I don't, deal. I, I have to go buy one, but I'll do it. It's worth and it. little fans. Little fans for in-between takes. <laughs> Just pack them with ice. Yeah, exactly. We have, you have to get the piping into the actual masks. <laughs> Or else we'll all just be lumps of sweat. What about you, Hal? What was your favorite piece of merch, Handis? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the one that stuck out of my mind the most is the one that filled me with abject terror. And that was the Hulk Hogan workout set uh-huh. that was put out by LJN in 1985. So, like, <laughs> the early crest of Hulkamania. And it was basically um, a similar. There's a similar set. You were telling me, Danielle, that Hasbro put out, I think. Yeah, it was called the Get in Shape Girl. Um, I remember Get in Shape Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for for your seven year old with body issues, yeah. and it would just be like it was it was the the weights and um, uh, some leg warmers. There were lots headband. of leg warmers. Yeah. My sister had this. Yes. Yeah, I, and none of it. I've always been a large child, very very tall. None of it fit me correctly. I have a Aww. big old head. That headband had no chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, this set was similar to that. It had the 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 dumbbells, the wrist strengthener, that little like squeezy grip thing, um, a jump rope. 
I think it came with a headband, but most importantly, it came with a cassette of Hulk Hogan leading you through a workout. Wow. And within like a minute, he was threatening you with physical violence because at first he'd be like, okay, we're going to start with some jumping jacks, dude. And then like a minute later, he's like, I'm going to body slam you if you don't do jump rope. And Stop I, looking at my daughter. Yeah, I did it once. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't top that. Let's move on. <laughs> Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. With me in the booth are... Danielle Radford. And... Michael Eagle. Every week we finish off the show with three things from the world of wrestling that we each want to put over. We call this the three count. Danielle, kick us off. What do you want to put over this week? Um, I am putting over Twitter wrestler beef. Great. Um, Matt Hardy took... A little bit. I think he was kidding around mostly um, about um, what happened with the the Wyatts and um, the New Day and how it did kind of come way too close after final deletion. So Matt Hardy uh, took a little bit of what I thought were kind of friendly, like not being a dick because I still want to get hired and make that money before I retire. <laughs> like I really want to wash the streak out of my hair. And come yeah, back and... <laughs> just, I'm here. Guys, anytime, any, anytime you're ready, I'm here. I'll just hop on a drone and make my way over. <laughs> so he was being actually really like he he just mentioned a, a couple things where he's like, we're not the only one deleting things and blah, 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 blah. And then Bray Wyatt got real cranks about it and was like, love me or hate me. I'm the single most creative thing this industry has seen this century, oh. which to be fair, it's only been like 16 years, bruh. So calm it down. <laughs> Constantly imitated, but there is only one me. Lest we forget without Bray Wyatt, perhaps no one would have been hashtag broken in the first place. Oh. Go ahead and lie and say it isn't true. Hashtag I'm the way. And then even Big E sent him a thing that was just a bunch of memes of dudes looking confused. <laughs> oh, he said it's a Bray? Yeah, he said it's a Bray. <laughs> and like Reby took a shot and senior benjamin who i've heard senior benjamin's on twitter yeah 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 he's on twitter i'm pretty sure that he's uh reby's dad that's what people are saying i'm gonna put that over every week i'm so glad he's recovering from those taser wounds (laughs) yeah and like even uh uh shane helms put lighten up husky it'll be okay (laughs) which that's that's deep that's deep uh and then uh matt hardy's uh response was Hashtag Brother Nero Wyatt. I never asked for my broken condition. It's a curse. You have an open invite to my battlefield. He wasn't even being rude about it, but like <laughs> Bray Wyatt got so upset. Yeah, he's being very butthurt to be <laughs> to be a supernatural cult leader. Yeah, you're real sensitive for a southern for a southern gothic dude. Like, right. why, don't, why don't you sit down and talk about how time is a flat circle some more? We'll, <laughs> right. We'll talk to your ghost sister. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what do you want to put over this week? Oh, man. Speaking of people being marks for themselves. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm so mean. Uh, I'm I'm putting over uh, Steve Austin for entertaining um, one possible maniac, Bill Goldberg, on his podcast for the last three weeks now. Really? They, they had a conversation in Goldberg's garage where clearly they drank too many beers. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because... All three hours, of the, I haven't listened to the third hour yet, but all three hours of this conversation is constantly like Austin being like, 
I came here to talk about cars, but I see you got that poster on your wall. And I'm going to ask you about 1997 Starcade. And I was, the whole thing is really crazy. <laughs> but Bill Goldberg has this crazy way of seeing himself where like he's constantly talking about how he wasn't a mark for himself, but saying things that let you know he's clearly a mark for himself. Like he <laughs> talks about being mistaken for Steve Austin in the airport and being angry about it because <laughs> he was like, well, yeah, we got, you know, we we got the same ball head and black tights, but I'm 300 pounds. I'll eat Austin. And all he's like talking to Austin. Like, why would you do this? Why would you say these things to this man's face? Like, and, and, and Austin takes it all in stride. He's being cool about it. But I think I definitely feel like there's, I don't know, like, you know, there's, there's so like, like as if some of the things that people say about Goldberg, you know, not really having a perception of himself in the business mm-hmm. balanced some of those things were kind of coming out in, in this many minutes of talking. Let's hear a clip. I wanted to put Bobby Eaton over at his hometown on his birthday in a dark match during my streak. They wouldn't let me do it. Nobody f-ing tells you about that f-ing story, but it's always Goldberg. You know, he was selfish and he was this and that and he was a f-ing blow. F- you, you know, so I Bill, know, I always, you and I have met. You're good, dude. You've got to watch that potty mouth. He's so mad. He's very angry. It's too much. He really cares. It does sound like it, like two guys have been drinking in one of those. Oh. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. I, at one point, Austin cuts because I think he needs to talk, to, you know, cut in an ad, mm-hmm. basically. But Goldberg's like, yeah, t- go, like, tell them all you just took a dump. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, really? Like, why are you being rude? <laughs> Chill, Goldberg. Jesus. Stay tuned for part 24 next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be putting over, big surprise, a Chris Jericho clip. What? <laughs> but no. this is a current one, sort of. It's from uh, the Raw the week before this. Uh, a fun encounter between Jericho. Oh, Smack. Oh, why did I think it was from Raw? It's from SmackDown last week. Uh, and it's a fun encounter between Jericho and Owens, who were hilarious uh, before Money in the Bank, and I think could put together a really solid program of heel versus heel. Let's hear them fight over a scarf. Hey, Chris. What are you doing? I'm sitting here. Sitting there wearing my scarf. I've been oh. looking for this. Where'd you get this? Where'd... Yeah, I, well, I found it earlier. Oh, you found it. I did, and, you know, I've been considering getting my wife one, so I wanted to see if it's comfortable. This is a very expensive pashmina scarf. Oh, that's a made-up word right No, it's not. Yeah, pashmina. High-quality <laughs> material made of goat's wool. Give it back. Costs $750. What? Yes. You get your greasy fingers all over this? You know oh, what? I'm so You're excited for <laughs> when they do some movie about the two of them as prisoners. Like, they're tangling cash. They're tangling cash, guys. No, they're great. Put them in a feud against one another or make them a tag team. Owens is so funny. Oh, he's Owens so great. Owens is so funny. His Twitter is one of my favorites. Oh, I'll put yeah. it over sometime. His Twitter is amazing. You know, I don't great follow Twitter. any wrestlers on Twitter. I, 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 only I, follow, was, I follow, like, a few of them. He's mm-hmm. one of them. I was following Sid Vicious, but I had to unfollow him. Too much. It's a lot. You know, I, honestly, <laughs> I got I started to get upset that because I asked him like about three or four questions. He never answered me. He's always <laughs> answering these these jabronis, these 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 eggs. He's answering. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I got a blue check. <laughs> <laughs> Should be no selling me, Sid. I'm a fan. <laughs> 
I bet all those eggs are just him, and it just gives him a reason yeah. to like yell about like Dixie and everything oh, else. Oh, he's sitting in front of like a like a CSI like control center with nine keyboards yeah. and screens out. Oh, now I gotta I gotta make Razzlin Fan ninety nine ask me a question. He wants to know what it was like when I snapped my ankle. Poor Sid. <laughs> no, poor me. Poor you. Poor me. You got me that check mark. You still getting no respect. I'm saying, yeah. oh. That's the whole point. All right. That's the only thing I want. That's like, that's in the welcome bag, isn't it? <laughs> well, I thought it was. <laughs> I think you need to lodge a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this week on Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Our hosts are Danielle Radford and Mike Eagle along with me, Hal Lublin. Our producer is Julian Burrell. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and share the show with your friends. We'll be back next week to talk about even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tyson Fight. Tyson Fight. Podcast. Tyson Fight. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.